What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who always goes to the Seattle Retreat Center looking for bald eagles, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Yes, you know, it's also in my nature of my career that I am a wildlife biologist by training, but every time we go up to the Palisades for our Deacon Lenten Retreat, my first uh, desire is to be outdoors to look out over the sound and to find the eagles that nest there every year. Scott, I've said this to so many people that we know that if they ever have an opportunity to go to the Palisades, it's in Dash Point in Washington uh, on retreat, please do yourself a favor and go up there. It's an incredible retreat center. They've got property there on Dash Point, which is near Federal Way. It overlooks the Puget Sound. And it is just set up to welcome people in such a prayerful and peaceful manner to just do a beautiful retreat. Of course, you and I were able to go up there last week and spend a little bit of time with your brother deacons. And I got to be with the wives again. And it's just always such a wonderful reunion to see everybody. Everybody wants to get caught up. I think this was the first time in three years that we have been to the Palisades because COVID shut us down. So we hadn't been able to go up there. It was like visiting at an old friend's house. Yeah, it really was. And still maintained beautifully by, uh, by actually um, brother deacons who, who do the administration there. A couple of them have uh, taken on that, that role, but you know, just for the full extent of the name, it is the Archbishop Burnett retreat center. It's dedicated Archbishop Burnett, who's uh, since passed, but he was the Archbishop that ordained me back in 2007. So when I go there, it is there is a, um, a coming home for me from in terms of my diaconate to be there with uh, the deacons and deacon spouses, but also to be there with a um, awareness that Archbishop Burnett uh, still is connected to to us. Oh, for sure. And of course, when we go in and pray and have mass at the little chapel that's there, I'm always reminded of that first year when you were in formation. I want to take it back all the way to was like 2005, I guess it was, that our son was born that year and we baptized him in that little chapel with the future deacons, right? Because you were all still in formation and their wives and it was just those reminders, those beautiful reminders of our Catholic history and and what we want to pass down on to our children and what a gift your diaconate has been for us. I'd like to say, too, that the other wonderful thing about going on retreat is unplugging, getting off the cell phone, no TV, not even a radio to listen to music. We were away on retreat. You need that renewal time. You know, last week we were talking a little bit about technology and how much is too much and it's nice to unplug. You still need it for those emergency things or to look at your calendar, but it's peaceful to not have to be kind of a slave to what your telephone is telling you you need to do and what you have to do and, well, videos that uh, somehow seem to always pop up. I think that was an enormous presence there, that peace that you speak of because it was like, and we didn't necessarily make a conscious connection to 
setting down our electronics. It just was natural for everyone to do that. And at the end of the weekend, we looked at one another and, and said, hey, I recognize you. That's the person I remember. You said that to me. And I thought, I think in large part because we weren't being hounded by our electronics or having the escape to go before electronics. I mean, just loved it. It was it was authentic human interaction without needing anything plugged in to make us connected. Well, last week on View from the Pew, we began a little series of discussions. Scott, you and I talked about how much is too much screen time. And we talked about how much time, not only ourselves that are on the screen, but also how much our kids are using it from entertainment. We use it for work. They're using it for school and homework. We're spending a lot of time in front of well, a screen for most of the time. CatholicLink.org had a great article about are you getting too much technology during the day and well, ways that you can overcome that. It was such a great discussion, Scott, that well, we didn't even get through the list. So on today's show, well, there's no special guest. We are going to continue our discussion on are you getting too much screen time and a few ways to fix it. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Parents, when your kids seem really uncorrectable, It's not always coming from a place of belligerence. Sometimes it's coming from self-loathing, which studies show is more common among kids than ever before. And if that's their headspace, they're not fighting you. They're fighting the notion that they stink, and that this mess up is just another proof of how messed up they are. With that in mind, one of my kids messed up really bad the other day, and instead of pointing out to her what she had done wrong, I decided to point out first how much I loved her, how much God loves her. I caught her off guard when I said, you're good, you know, you're lovable. There's nothing wrong with you. You're going to be okay. I was amazed at how her guard went down, how easy it was to correct her behavior after that. Don't get me wrong, you need to set boundaries, but you might want to attack them with love first and then correct them. You'll be amazed at how differently that can pan out sometimes. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecabin.com. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Matrade Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary Media app or matradayradio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Mater Dei Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Plus, there's stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the Morning Blend, and the Stations of the Cross of Our Lord's Passion at 7 o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. 
Well, we're back again after coming back from a nice weekend away and unplugged. It was a good uh, little break, especially when we just talked about on Friday about are we getting too much screen time and technology time? It was a great time to unplug that evening and then just spend the weekend just renewing those friendships that we haven't seen from the Deacon community. We had such a great discussion last week about how much is too much tech time. So I thought let's review a little bit of what we talked about last week, and then we'll talk about a few more. So Scott, I found this article by Debbie Cowden on catholiclink.org. And the name of the article is how much tech is too much for your kids. Five ways to tell and five ways to fix it. So we got into the conversation last week and we talked about, okay, have you actually sat down and figured out how much time you're really spending? And I think that all of us agree it's a lot more than what we imagine it to be. We also discuss about how it's being used as a crutch. And we would do this, Scott, you and I, when we needed a little bit of time. I just needed you know, 15 minutes and I'd go right over, grab one of their favorite movies or videos and plug it in for them. And I knew that that could keep them going for a little bit. Okay. But is it getting to be that too much? All right. So uh, that's that's all we got to last week. So I thought we'd go ahead and pick up the conversation here. Now, thirdly, what she asks is, can you keep track of what they're watching? You know, secular TV writers are getting bolder and a little sneaky about what kind of content they're putting into what kids are able to watch. For us, I think, Scott, the best thing we ever did is we kept that family computer right in the middle of the kitchen. So that way we always knew what they were watching. They didn't always really like it either. No, but I think that's, uh, you know, we, we need to be in many ways accountable in our faith in community. That's how... That's how our church has survived these 2,000 plus years is being connected in community and and holding each other in um, accountability to the faith. Now, we do that as parents, I think, in this day and age, as you described with regard to the technology. But we would also actually take part in watching the movies with them. <laughs> I mean, how many right. times have we watched over and over uh, a Bug's Life or, you know, uh, The Lion King or any of those those shows that came out back in the early 2000s as we were raising our kids. But, you know, today there's just so much social media that the kids can escape and lock themselves away in their room to sit on. And the as you had mentioned last week, I think, you know, there, there's algorithms that track us and, and direct us and misguide us. And we we as parents have a an important role to just at least have the discussion with our children so we can put conscience on the front burner as they work their way through trying to manage and judge, discern what is good and what is not good for me. And that's a real challenge. I think it's just as much as challenged for adults as it is for kids, but we have a responsibility as parents that we can speak into with faith to have the discussions with our children and be there for them uh, in many ways, um, accompany them as we try to learn that within our own faith life with one another in church. The next topic they bring up on Catholic Link is, are they showing signs of addiction? And I would say this, not they showing signs, but are 
we showing signs of addiction. You know, when you would give them, you know, use of the tablet or give them time on the computer, we had time limits and it would cut out on them. The fit sometimes that kids would throw when they ran out of time. I mean, they really craved it. And maybe even sometimes we would say things like, okay, well, if you get this done, I'm going to give you a little bit of extra time then to use it. But it's almost something like about the way that things are presented and they're very quick and they flash and it moves from scene to scene that it does seem like their brains kind of rewire a little bit because then we know that when it was time for them to settle down and go to bed, well, they were just wired up because of what they have been watching. Do you ever find that you get a sense of like, yeah, I could see real easily how maybe even like video games can be addicting, not just to young people, but for adults also. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, that's one of the things that uh, my daughter and I talked about, one of our, one of our daughters that, we decided we're going to give up uh, a certain component of electronics. So she she gives up YouTube, and uh, and I give up being on PlayStation that my son and I would play periodically, and and that I found enjoyable just to relax. So setting some of those things aside consciously is the value of Lent to reconnect us to what's important. And I and I think clearly the reason that we fast for forty days that Jesus represented this this action to fast is to reorient our minds back to what's important because distraction just eats away and erodes away. And the devil works in the mix of that to draw us away from focusing on our daily prayer, on our awareness and thankfulness, our gratitude to God for what we have as family and our careers that we have in place that we recognize more clearly during our fasting that, oh my gosh, these are so valuable. So here we were in the midst of, of Lent just last weekend at this at this deacon retreat, and it really hit home for me that disconnecting was so valuable to reconnect to what's most important in my life. My most important role in my life is my vocation to you as my wife. And that was what was so, so valuable and so um um, praised by the weekend, by God giving us the time to just communicate independent of anything technological and bring that back and infuse that back into our family. It's, it's grace that it, grace is something that flows. It's not just, it's not just something that lands and then sticks to one person. It has, it's efficacious. It's part of the sacramental life and we can affect others in a positive way just as we can affect others in a negative way if we aren't rooting ourselves in the value of our sacrament. We're talking today again about how much is too much tech time when you think about the ways that all of us are becoming enveloped in looking at a screen, whether it be a tablet, a computer screen, a television screen, and most especially our phone. So we've talked about five ways to decide if well, there's getting too much technology. Of course, we want to figure out exactly how much time we're spending on all of those things. Are we using it as a crutch from keeping us from doing other things that we should be doing? Can you keep track of what the kids are watching? And are we or they showing signs of addiction? And then the last thing that they mention here is, have you lost interest in other activities or have the kids lost interest in other toys? 
Now, isn't that an interesting mm. one? And when I read that, I went right to myself and I went, oh, I absolutely recognize that. If I've had a long day and work followed by uh, errands that I had to run and traffic was especially bad, when I get home, I'll grab a snack and I'll grab my phone because I just want to look at fun reels to decompress. It's kind of what my go-to was. And then I realized that a quilt that I had been working on for a long time was gaining dust. And I had just a simple little sewing to do on it. And I went, I've forgotten how relaxing having a hobby like that is for me. I also recognize too, when I'm sitting down doing something like that, I'm actually still able to participate in what's going on in the house versus when I'm looking at my screen, I shut out everything that's going on and you've talked to me and asked me questions and I don't even answer. It's replacing important things sometimes. Yeah. And I think, you know, just let's just take, for example, when we were growing up as kids, you and I did not have these uh, distractions that we consider today in terms of electronic distractions. We read books. And when you read a book, it's, it's necessary to translate what you read on paper into a thought in your mind and therefore engage your imagination. When you play a video game or you look at the screen for reels that are coming on on YouTube shorts or on TikTok or whatever people get onto, it doesn't require your imagination. It happens right in front of you. And consequently, that disconnect from use of your imagination means that it, like in many ways, as, as you can attest to with other aspects of as we grow older, things atrophy, our, meaning our muscles get smaller because we're not using them the way we might have done it when we were younger. Um, our kids haven't even been necessarily given all the opportunity that we had to develop their imagination. And when we talk about our faith, our faith has to engage the imagination. Because when we think about the grandness of God and the beauty of the created, it takes something beyond by just needing to see it physically. And yet for our kids and for, I think I say that um, amongst all of society, our kids in society today do not rely on their imagination as much. And therefore, when they read the Bible, when they read a passage from the faith or they hear a passage from the faith, it's hard for them to engage that in a way that brings them to a place of awe and inspiration. And that's what we, I think, need to, to get back to. That's what we can get back to. And it takes us as parents and people of good goodwill to really actively pursue engaging our imagination for the love and reality of God. Oh, absolutely. Well, Scott, fortunately for us, Debbie Cowden, who wrote this article for CatholicLink.org, well, she gives us five ways to get things back on track for us. So we're not going to let you just look at all of these things and go, yes, we're doing all these things. Well, now we're going to give you a few ways. Well, that'll help you get things back under control. And Scott, this is what we talked about in the beginning of the show. We did it this past weekend. We did a tech detox, as she calls it. We unplugged for a weekend. We didn't watch movies. We didn't watch on our phones. We didn't even listen to a radio. 
we just engaged in relationship with each other and to those gathered. A retreat is a perfect way. The goal is the once you've done that detox is you've got to keep it going a little bit. But getting away from it, getting away from those regular routines that allow you to fall into those kind of picking up your phone mindlessly, spending time on it. It's a perfect way to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's just human nature, certainly, that we fall into ruts. And the reason that we do that is because by by nature, we are created as habitual beings. And, you know, just think of the notion of praising God and singing God's praises in heaven when we die. Mm. It is a habit from our vantage point on earth, but it, it is the fullness of of who we're created to be, praising God and loving one another. Well, just putting that into perspective, the devil tries to play on that aspect of our createdness and gives us habits that he places before us to try and, and draw us into something that is me and not God, not us. And so, you know, that's, again, we bring that back and you're right. How do you, how do you keep that going? That's going to be a, a challenge uh, always, but that's the fight we fight and we can fight well when we have the armor of God, that is the sacraments to give us strength throughout the week. Well, one of the ways and the habits that you can pick up is the next suggestion they offer, and that is to really be disciplined for a while in making sure that technology is used for what it is, and that is a tool. I mean, we're not going to be able to just never be on the computers again or never be able to look at our phones again. It's a part of our life. Admit it. But also make sure that it has its place. So make sure that you use it as the tool and then let entertainment be found elsewhere. Right. If you can. And and for sure, again, you know, technology, sometimes entertainment, if it's an evening spent, you know, playing video games, well, do it together. Right. Do something fun together if that's how you're going to spend an evening, but also recognize that there is a time and place. The next thing she talks about also, of course, is monitoring. Now, we talked about this last week, too, how quickly when very innocent clicks that we found our kids trying to find something that other platforms show up, other things that try to get in there and pull them away. Parents cannot let up. And and even I think we still realize that now having uh, older teenagers in the house, most especially we cannot stop monitoring it. We're more act more like bumpers, making sure they are on the straight and narrow, allowing them a little more freedoms. But it's insidious. We've got to watch what they're doing. And I think you know, certainly when they're little, you can you can set these boundaries up. You can even set barriers up, and you can kind of channel them into what we see as safe and and good. But when they're older, it 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 gives us. There's people that can be frustrated by that, but I think it gives us a uh, an opportunity to really explore how do I engage their will in this. Up until then, it's not about their will; it's about my will being imposed on them when I'm when I'm a parent of a young child. More often than not, when I say nope, you can't get on the computer. Nope, you can't be on, but beyond this amount of time. But as a young adult, uh, we have to recalibrate, and and yet I see it 
more often in the positive than I do in the negative. And the positive part is how do I engage their will to say, yes, I want to do different and I want to connect to God and I want to not let this be uh, a burden that it can be. And I don't want to just be mindless about what I'm doing. Mm. So giving that room for consciousness and giving that room for an opportunity to engage their will, that's what being an adult is. For sure. And Scott, these last two suggestions she offers, and they actually really go hand in hand. She says, rekindle their love of toys, something they can actually put in their hands. And the last one, she says, engage with your kids. Now for us, I can remember just thinking about those two things. I can remember on these really nice summer days that we would have in the Pacific Northwest, getting a few uh, heels from the bread bag, putting a water bottle in my basket and getting the kids out on their bikes. We would just go a few blocks down the street and there was a duck pond and we'd feed the ducks. And they loved it. And then, I, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, it would be so much work to have to make sure everybody's ready and helmets. And of course, you always had to pump up a tire or something, but it's worth it. It's worth it so much. And there was never a time that we got home that we said, well, that was terrible. I wish we never did that. Spending a little <laughs> bit of time outdoors, getting all of those wiggles out of them. Always time well spent. And I think that continues on. We we uh, we have opportunities that we kind of take for granted, I think, as we get older and our kids get older. But going back to that opportunity to, to go out with them and be with them. I, I went out to, to see um, a movie here recently with my daughter. And it was just uh, it was just special because it reminded us of when we were younger. And when she was a little kid and we'd take her to the movies, there was just a lot of good conversation that we had after the movie. Mm-hmm. So even though it was technology in the movie, you had to you had to leave it and when we left it that's when we had these great conversations so getting out getting out and bringing bringing the kids into that um area was so um so valuable oh for sure so hopefully that those are give you some ideas about how you can watch how much technology you have and ways to reduce it in fact on the podcast of today's episode i'm going to put the link so that way you can read the full article on catholiclink.org scott before we go can you end us in a prayer yes lord we, we thank you during this time of lent that we can work with you not against you that we can seek more your Father's will in our lives and then take our will and lay it alongside. We want us to walk with you, and we are so sorry when we get ahead of you. Help us this week to do that, to stay with you in your walk, that we may be blessed by that during this Lent, and that we may be a blessing to our children and our families. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and continue to have a great night. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.